All right, so uh, sometimes it's hard to really narrow down where you want to be, and sometimes it's, you don't have quite enough you think you can work with, or sometimes you think you might have too much, and we'll kind of see where we wind up to today. And um, it kind of was the inspiration for today's message was a, uh, a sign I saw and uh, it said to guard yourself, that you don't have to let everyone in. And uh, I think we can even expand on that. It's also to, we don't need to let everything in. You know, first, let's, uh, let's, first, let's, let's take a little look at the, at the word for today. And we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4. And we'll start in verse 23. And chapter 23 is going to be our key verse today. We'll go a little bit further just to give a little context. And in Proverbs 4 and 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are issues of life. Put away from these a, a frowned mouth, the perverse lips far from thee. Let thy eyes look right on, and let thy eyelids look straight therefore thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all the ways be established. Do not turn the right hand or the left. Remove thy foot from evil. And back up to 23, it says, keep thy heart. And uh, one thing we can look at is, is when we translate from the original text, that the word heart can also be used inadvertently with the word mind. They're, they're interchangeable. So, Keeping thy heart, keeping thy mind with all diligence. And that's what we need to keep in the back of our minds today as we go through forward with this, this lesson. You know, Jesus, when he, he started, he started like all of us. You know, he was born into this world. He grew up into this world. And he had a, a life very similar to what we have. He grew up with his family, brothers, sisters, parents. He had a profession. He did all these things that we do because he had to live the life that we had. We had to have the temptations that we had. And he started out with that baseline. And then as he went into his ministry, he had to start showing who he was, how he was different, how he was the son of man, God's true son. And then he kept having to, to step it up with the miracles, with the lessons, with the teachings, showing exactly who he is. Now, we know that Satan is the deceiver. And I don't know if it's just from the influence of the world, if it's the influence of the church. But what does that really mean to you, that Satan being a deceiver? Now, oftentimes that we think about that on a on a large scale thing, especially now as we look at all the things going on in the world and and we're wondering if we're moving into end times and we're looking for all these signs and and things of what's to come. 
you know, we're looking for these, these great things, these great acts of deception. And, you know, we do that same thing when it comes to, to, to God. We want the big, bold miracles. We want the absolute evidence. And we kind of tend to look over all of the, the little things. Well, those things are great. Those things are important. But on both sides of the spectrum, it's the little things that really affect us. They build up little by little. They creep their way in. And that what really begins to, to change us. And we really have to look to that when it comes to us believers. You know, we look at, at Jesus' ministry, then we look at how we are to, to come up with the ranks. You know, it started with a seed being planted. You know, for many of us, someone took us to church. A parent, a grandparent, a spouse. Or someone invited us. Or that we was at a, a situation in our lives where there was something missing. We were needing something more. We were needing help. And that drew us closer to God. And that got us to that point. So that there was something in our lives happened where that seed was planted. And from that seed, there was a little bit of faith. Because, you know, you have to say, well, hey, this, this God fellow, you know, there's got to be something to it. So we want to seek more information about it. And we go and we start to build that relationship and we start to get more and gather more information. And there should be a point where we should start to branch out on our own. We should start consuming the word. We should start having that personal interaction with God and letting him teach us and lead us and guide us in everything that we do in our lives. But a lot of times we never make that step. And we stop seeking, or we never get started, seeking God on our own. It stops once we get that little seed, and we just consume after that point. And we don't filter what we consume. We just take it all in. And for, for many of us, we're being led in a wrong direction. And it may not be malicious. Sometimes it is. Sometimes people's got their own agenda they want to point, they want to do. They want people to come and think like them and be like them. So they, they push it that way. Sometimes it comes down to just a, a misunderstanding or an ignorance of what the word and what God is truly trying to tell us. And it gets passed down generation to generation of a wrong teaching. I was asked the other day, it's like, how do you know that you're on the right path? That you are following the one true God? That this word that you are in is the absolute word of God? And for me, that is, is really easy. First of all, we can... Take the word of God. Manuscripts 
that was written over generations by different people that's never had any contact with one another in different points in time, and that when they're put together, they are in perfect harmony. That everything fits perfectly in place, everything interacts with one another. If you have truly dove into the Word of God, the Word tells you that it is alive. And that if you've truly dove into it and truly consumed it, you can feel that interaction. You can see how it opens your eyes, how it changes, how you see more. It gives you more as you're ready for it, as you put more pieces together, as you consume it. But it goes further than that. Everything that we do in life, the Word of God is the instruction manual. It is the guide for it. Anything that we need, we can receive from that. And it doesn't need anything else. So you can look at any other point of view, any other religion. And you know, a lot of them are inspired by the Word of God. They take pieces and parts from it and they inject it into their own. But those things are created by man. Man is not God. Only God is God. And we need no one in between us and God. So when groups tell you that we have to go through this person or you have to pray to this person, no, Jesus took care of all that. Jesus is the complete another path to God. And there is nothing else that needs to go in between. We don't need anyone else to explain the word to us. God explains the word to us. We don't need any other manuscript, book, or any kind of companion to understand the Word of God. God's Word is His own commentary. It's His own teaching tool. It's everything that we need. So it's real simple. If it's not the Word, if it is telling you that you need anything else extra, no book of this, no book of that, no, no. We only need God's Word. So if there is a a person that's influencing it, if there is a manuscript that's influencing it, and all these other manuscripts are written by one person that thinks they know better than everyone else. So we have the one true Word of God, our connection with Him. And then we go back to, to deception. We're always looking for the big conception, the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, all of these, these big things. 
But it's the little things that we have to worry about. It's the little things that's been plaguing us since the very beginning. Back in the garden, the serpent said, Did God really say that? Are you really going to die? He makes us question what we know to be truth. We look at things that are mainstream today, that are tolerated today, that if we go back 50 years was completely unheard of. Because 50 years ago, it was concrete, God-inspired, because we had a more godly presence in the world and in our country about certain things, that we shouldn't do these things. And if we did, that was looked down upon. That was something that was kept in the shadows. But over time, Satan keeps whispering, oh, that's okay. That times are changing, that people are changing, that we are evolving. Things that we have been taught since very young, that plants seeds of doubt, seeds of of Satan. See, it works both ways. We can have the good seeds, the seeds that build faith, and we can cultivate them, we can water them, we can watch them grow, produce fruit. But in that same example, Satan spreads out his seeds just like weeds. You know, they start popping up. And it's our job, but we need to go in there and we need to pull them up by the roots. We need to get rid of them before they grow and take over. And anybody that's had a garden knows it doesn't take very long at all for the weeds to completely take over. It's it's hard to get your plants to, to grow and to prosper, but them weeds, without no care at all, they consume the water, they consume the fertilize, and they completely overrun things if left unchecked. That's what Satan does in this world. He spreads his seeds all over the place, little seeds, and then they grow, and they grow, and they grow. People... They are the greatest seed planters. So when I saw that sign, I was like, be careful who that you let in. You know, in in times before, our only interaction was is when we actually had face-to-face engagement. We talked to people in person. But now, it is so easy to put yourself, your ideas, your your communication, however you want to do it, out there for the entire world to see. There's people through their social media channels have millions and millions of followers that are seen every day by these millions and millions of people. And whatever they say, whatever they do, it is taken in. Now, why is this such a concern? 
You know, I'm, if you say, well, I, yeah, I see it, I do it, but I'm not, it's not affecting me. But is it? Because we always think about what is the, the big effect. You know, there's uh, things that we've always been concerned about, like secondhand smoke. You don't want to consume that. And eventually they changed the laws where you couldn't do it inside anymore because they had to protect the, the people from it because they realized that it was a, a concern, that it could cause damage because it was something that you couldn't see. There's different things over the years that's had to be, be changed or be banned because it had invisible effects, asbestos. Different kinds of, of chemicals. You know, they've seen things. If you've used Roundup, if you've used this, you know, there's all these different kinds of things that through time we've learned have negative effects on the body, but we can't see it. Satan works very much in the same way. And he's taken little things from us. You guys have heard of, of projective text, predictive text, is that whenever you're typing into a search box, it, based on how many times something has been used, it's going to come up with what it thinks you might be going to look for. For example, if you typed in, what does the Bible say about, and then in the little gray area, it's going to give a whole list of all these different things. And this is what is the most common things that people put in. And you're going to see, like, what does the Bible say about tattoos? What does the Bible say about drinking? What does the Bible say about same-sex marriages? These are the things that people are wanting to seek information on. And I noticed something about all of these different things. And the fact is that each one of them doesn't have anything to do with the big picture. Because if we look at Jesus' model for his ministry, for his life here on earth, and we compare that to us and, and what we should be accomplishing. So we have to, we're as Christians, we're supposed to go out and be planting those seeds of faith. Talking about our lives, how God does things within our lives, how God makes our lives better. We want people to be interested in God so they seek him. That's us planting seeds. After we have the seeds planted, we are to build faith. We are to increase our relationship. We are to study the word. See, because there's different levels. You know, God wanted to restore that connection that he had with us. He doesn't want to see any of us go to hell. Hell was not created for man. It was created for Satan and his followers. 
But we had this whole thing of original sin, you know, man falling, the curse, and all this kind of stuff that got in the way that we did as humans, that we allowed to happen. And then God had to make a rescue plan to turn things back around and to set things right, and that is Jesus. So we go through, and, and we are to plant that seed. We are to have that attraction to Jesus, to want to seek him, to want to gain salvation. You know, it starts with that, a seed, faith. You have to have, you know, people say it starts with salvation, but you have to have some kind of, of substance there to start off with to want to seek salvation, to believe in that salvation, because it does, does no good to say you believe. It does no good to get dunked in a baptism. It does no good to do all of these ritualistic things if we do not truly believe in our hearts that we have salvation. So that's where that faith comes in. And we want to, to seek that, that salvation. And then we want to, to spread that. We want to share with others. We want to be that beacon of light. We want to work together to be the body of Christ and do all those things that Jesus did while he was here. He gave us that power, but we don't exercise it. And, and why is that? Perhaps is we are too distracted with all the little things, the little deceptions. There's so many of us that are consumed with fear and anxiety and self-doubt and think we're not good enough to be able to do anything for God. And that's all based on lies. The entire word is a bunch of examples of a bunch of people that was messed up, that made mistakes, that was what the world says is not good enough to be godly influenced people but yet god used each and every one of them because they are representations of all of us and it shows god's power and it shows what he can do but satan wants you to not be effective for god so he puts in these seeds of doubt and deception So we have all these lists that come up of stuff that doesn't matter. And people all the time, and especially Christians, we want to think that we are so much better. So they will harp on one subject. They will pick something... Out of the book of Leviticus, pick one of the old laws and then want to chastise every person that's ever violated it. But yet they forget about all the other 600 and some odd laws that are there that all of us don't abide by. Even though that Jesus said that I have conquered the world that all these laws don't apply anymore 
That if we go back into the New Testament and we see even individual examples of how things of the law changed or was abolished due to him. But they want to focus on one thing because it's a way of making yourselves feel superior, putting others down, you know, the human things that we do. But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter. We are forgiven. We are forgiven from our past transgressions, our current transactions, and our future transgressions because God knows that even though that we try, even though that we have salvation, even though that Jesus is with us, that we are still human and the human side is hard to deal with and that it is going to make many, many mistakes. That we are sinners through and through. That is only by the blood of Jesus that we have any righteousness whatsoever. That we cannot do it alone. That only by Him can we accomplish anything. Only by Him that we are anything at all. It is only by Jesus. See, Satan wants us to deceive us and say that, you know, we are something. That we do it alone. That we are self-made. That we are better. But even to, to simplify it even more, he steals our time. Because when we're, we're hung up on different little subjects that don't matter, it's taking us away from our focus. Our focus is to have a connection with God. To share Him. Share what He is doing in our lives. Make people say, what's different about you? Well, let me tell you about it. It's my God. But we can't do that if we are focused on all these little petty things that don't matter. We got... Halloween coming up. And I don't know, it was a couple weeks ago that the question came, is it bad, good? And it's one of those things that we can debate back and forth. And then it all of a sudden became really clear. Anything that we do can be bad or good. So we have to filter it through the word of God. And this comes to, to anything, you know, if, whether it could be from tattoos, drinking, whatever. Anything, we can filter it through the word of God. Including people. God made each and every day. These are God's days. And to turn something over and to give it to Satan, that's a deception. 
one thing we can do is, is when we question things. Because is it okay to watch scary movies? Is it okay to listen to certain types of, of music? Or to go do these events that's going to be happening, have been happening now through this month. You know, go do and participate in parties and scary things and, and all this stuff. Well, there's a, a simple way that we can, and look at this. When we accept Jesus, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. It resides inside of us. It's our advisor, our counselor. There's a whole list of things that it does for us. It helps us to communicate with God. You know, there are times that we can't think properly. We can't communicate properly. But yet we still have the spirit inside of us that is making that connection, that is relaying our needs to God, to give him that authority to be able to come down and to do what he needs to do for us. There's times that we hurt so bad that we can't string together sentences to talk to God, but we can call upon the name of Jesus. That spirit knows what we're going to say before we ever say it. And it's relayed to him. But you got to think about it like this. And see, this is where all of the faith comes in. And the belief. Because we're believing that we have this spirit inside of us. Because God tells us it's there. And it's doing all of these good things for us. Then we have to know that what we see, it sees. What we hear, it hears. What we do, it's doing along with us. So you have to ask yourself, do you mind that the Holy Spirit is experiencing what you're experiencing? Do you think that it's troublesome for the Holy Spirit or do you think that it's it's okay and that can help guide you along you know there's things that we wouldn't do if our mother was watching but what would we do it if the Holy Spirit was watching we take that and also too have to have an understanding of the word. Because we've been taught through generations many things that really have nothing to do with God, but everything to do with man. Man's taken his personal opinions, his personal feelings about things, and he is. Use God to push that along to everyone else. 
to the point that we've blurred the lines and don't know where the source is. Did it come from God or did it come from man? And if we're not getting in there and we're not looking and knowing, then we just take everything to be fact. And furthermore, if it's been that way for so long, Jesus came and he changed up the game. All the Pharisees was teaching everything was a certain way. And Jesus said, no, that's not the way it is. They've made a religion of man that's self-serving, that's beneficial to them. And I'm telling you, no, this is the way God has it laid out for us. This is the truth. This is the way. And it was different from what they were used to. Well, we all know that change is hard. And no matter what Jesus did, how great the miracles was, how much evidence there was for him being who he is, there was still so much doubt because it went against everything that they had always known. To the point where the crowds turned around, they yelled, crucify him. The apostles struggled. And throughout time, things are migrating back to the way they were. They never fully changed over. And then they're migrating back to the way they were. So we get used to hearing things are a certain way. And if it goes against the normalcy of what we consider normal, then we doubt it. That's how good Satan is. That's how good as Satan is as being that deceiver. And it's nothing big. It's little by little. He is so patient. He attacks little by little and just changing our perception one idea at a time. Till pretty soon we are consumed in things that are not fact. So even through the teachings, even through the church, we are consuming things that are not who truly God is. And that has turned so many people against God. They've given an idea that God has rules that don't exist and has made it impossible to be able to be good enough to serve him. That is not Jesus. That is not what we're supposed to be doing. God has his truth. You know, and I could go and dig deep and, and pull some wild examples that really go against the grain 
But are you ready for that? Or are you going to shut down your mind and write it off as being crazy because that's not the way that we were always taught? How many times do we get consumed in something that doesn't matter? We think there's so many things that's going to keep us out of heaven. That makes us unworthy. When the word says that no one can snatch you out of my hand. That you are bought and paid for. And we're sitting here and we are fighting with ourselves internally. We have these internal struggles and that keeps us from being who we're supposed to be. How can we be confident in the Lord? How can we make people look at us and, and say, what the heck is wrong with them? That they can be so positive, that they can be so happy, that they can deal with each and every situation that comes along And it's because they have God. And that's where we should be when the bad news comes, when the circumstances comes. Well, there's a lesson in it somewhere. God's going to take whatever is bad in my life and he's going to turn it around for me because that's who he does. That's what he does. That's who he is. That I don't have to worry about what the future holds. Because God takes care of the birds. He feeds them. He's going to take care of me. Because he loves me more than the birds. I'm his greatest creation. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We shouldn't be arguing amongst ourselves about insignificant things that don't matter. And we can look at that. When we go and start looking at that predictive text and all the things that people are troubled about, and we say, does that keep me out of heaven? Does that keep me from having a connection with God? Does that keep him from loving me? Does that keep me from being able to do things for him? And the answer is going to be no. There is a much bigger picture. And if you have people that is constantly doing those things, that is keeping you from rising to your full potential, that is planting seeds of doubt Then maybe you should relook at what you're doing. Especially in today's world when we have so much communication with the outside world and we have our people of status and we have our celebrities and we have the politicians and we have all these people that have these platforms and we want to tune in to what they have to say. Well, is what they're saying, is it beneficial to us in our walk with God? 
Does the Holy Spirit like hearing what they have to say? Are they promoting the world? Are they promoting Satan's deception? Are they promoting God? Are they filling you with faith or filling you with fear? See, because just as easy as it is to get tangled up with it, it's also easy to turn it off. Block user. Unfriend. Does it hurt to be able to say no? Because folks, no matter how much that we want to to fit in. And a lot of times we are doing it from afar. When you have millions and millions of fans, followers, or whatever you want to call it, there is no individuality. No one knows who you are. You're just a number and a bulk. But for Satan... You're a weed and you're infiltrating a garden because whatever you let in, whatever's consuming you, whatever's taking your eyes off God, your time from him is not only is it affecting you, it's affecting everyone around you. You're spreading it to your your family, your friends who you come in contact with. And you don't even realize that it's happening because it's small. Satan's good at what he does. But we've already won. We've already run the battle. No matter what his tactics are, no matter how good they are, he's lost the war. Verse 